first first chapter is now the first two chapters of, of um yeah would you read it aloud the first two chapters of this book i i would love i would love to but i have i have a, a, a confession myself to make i'm like i'm a little dyslexic so i get very yeah. nervous reading yeah. so i don't know Aaron, I mean, cupcake okay? would do a really we'll, good either job either you guys yeah okay 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 all right so let's see i'll grab the book <laughs> Yeah. I am L lazy. I rather than telling the whole story, I'll just let them read it. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, Frank said the first two chapters. So uh, it's those two right okay. there. And let's see. And it starts right there. Are we rolling or should I? Yeah, you can. Oh. We are rolling. Yeah, read it into the mic. Okay. A lucky guy. I always have a problem when someone who has not experienced one of our performances asks, well, what was your performance about? Within this question, there are a number of concepts about performance which are undermining limitations. I become sucked into performance not to tell stories, not to paint pictures for others to look at, not even to reveal something about myself or about the state of things, and certainly not for fame or fortune. It was simply the best way that I sought to create the intimate community which I as a person needed and that I thought society needed as an alternative to the personal isolation. I have always wanted to bring dreams into reality. My first stroke of good luck was I was born spastic, unable to walk or talk. Add to this good fortune the fact that my formative years were in the 60s, my fate was assured. When I was born, doctors told my parents that I had no intelligence, that I had no future, that I would be best put into an institution and be forgotten. This was a powerful expectation with all the force of Western science and medicine, as well as social influences behind it. It would have been easy for my parents to be swept up into this expectation. Then that expectation would have created my reality. I would have long ago died without any other possibilities. Instead, my parents rejected this expectation for the possibility they saw in my eyes, for what for them should have been true. This rejection of the cultural expectation of reality could not be a one-time choice. They had to passionately live their choice every day, every minute, or the cultural expectation would have sucked them and me into it. I fought them at every new possibility they opened to me. Their passionate commitment to how they thought things should be attracted people to me who kept opening new possibilities for me. Of course, these were the, in the minority, but I focused on them, making them how people should be, how I wanted it to be. So I expected people and myself to be like that. So people were for the most part that way. At least I saw them that way. This opened up to me what is called luck. It also gave me the ability to trust and the ability to use opportunities. This is the level that saved me, protected me, guided me. On this level, my parents won over the cultural expectation. By their winning, I won. By my winning, you win. 
Yes, I always have been lucky. I have a body that is ideal for performance artists, and I have always wanted to be a performer. When I was a kid, my younger brother used to get mad when people looked at me, when he pushed me to the movies or to the teen club. He cried. But I like people looking at me. That is why I mean by that is what I mean by I am lucky. I am lucky. I am an exhibitionist in this body. One time I was working out on the jungle gym outside of our house. A kid came by and asked if I was a monster. I just roared like a monster. It was fun. <laughs> but on another level, the cultural expedition had won by shaping reality, making me into a physically ugly cripple, a burden that no woman would want. No matter what I accomplished, no matter how smart or warm or giving I was, I would still be an ugly black hole, always taking more than I gave. I was stuck in that piece of the cultural frame that I had accepted. The cultural expectation had won. I and everyone had lost because I bought into it. But there was a point when I was around 28 when one day I decided that I did not want to be in a reality where I was ugly, where I could not give all I needed to give. It simply was not how things should be, not just for me, but for everyone. So I decided to act and think as if I were beautiful. I did not tell anyone of my decision, but within two weeks, people started telling me that I had physically changed. I used this feedback, this sign, to deepen the reality shaping. This new reality opened up new possibilities for everyone. I was lucky. I was never under pressure to be good at anything, to make money, to make it in the real world, to be polished, and the other distractions that other modern artists have to or think they have to deal with. So I should focus on having fun, on going into taboo areas where magical change can be evoked. In fact, a major reason why I'm writing this is to encourage artists who have not been so blessed with bodies that mark them as misfits to aspire to be misfits anyway, to do misfit art anyway, even if you are handicapped by your normal body. Your road is definitely harder than my road, but that's life. Did you want to say something? Uh, before you start reading, did you want to say something on the last thing? L, it, F, R, E, freaked, me, out, how effective that was when people started telling you that you changed, it freaked you out, how well it worked. Wow. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. amazing. Okay. Wow. Very Should inspiring. Should we read the second chapter? Yes. Do you want to read it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That was a New York photographer wow. that um, everybody, he likes everybody to look that way, so that's why Frank is looking that way. Yeah, he goes for a certain look. A wounded healer. What I want to do in this is to explore performance as shamanistic art, as an art for subverting reality to create magical change in our world. I want to explore the magical dynamics of this art. To do this, we will need to jump subject to subject in a nonlinear manner. I will use my life and career just as a baseline. My art is rooted in breaking out of isolation. Until I was 17, I did not have any way to communicate except through my family members. For a couple of my teenage years, I was very hard of hearing. My hearing cleared up. 
I invented my head pointer when I was 17. My communication isolation was then dispelled, but it took me another 10 years to shake off the isolation caused by my attitudes and self-image. This early isolation allowed me to observe life and people as an outsider. I always wanted to break physical, emotional, and spiritual isolation, first for myself, but then for other people. My personal roots are in the idealism of the 60s. That was when I broke out of personal, physical isolation. I looked for a way to bring about the ideals for me and for society as a whole. The normal channels obviously would not work for me. So all I had were my fantasies. I read novels like The Magus and Steppenwolf, or The, sorry, the Magus and stuff. I started wanting to create other alternative, altered realities, just like the magicians in those novels. I read the beat writers and the French surrealists, Lenny Bruce and Mort Saul and Abby Hoffman, listened to Dylan, watched the hippie movement grow. I wished I could be a hip artist living in San Francisco yeah. instead of being stuck outside San Bernardino, reading, listening, watching, waiting. All of this brewed but, inside of me. But do, do you know um, what San Bernardino is like? Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's you. Yeah, we go tell? hiking near there. And oh, okay. Very it dead. seems culturally vacant. Yes, that's right. Yes. But I didn't think I could get people to let me direct them in the rituals in my head. It was not until 1970 that I started trying to live out my inner visions. I tried to get the OK at Cal State San Bernardino to produce my all-nude play on campus. To my surprise, the college said yes, but I couldn't get actors. I was offended by but, such... No, sorry. But you, but H, years later, years later, um, Frank was invited there to speak at like your Engli old English teacher's class or something, and he arranged for Frank to have a space to do a performance. And so Frank got to do his nude performance on campus. I think that was like in the 90s or 80s, something like that, yeah. Wow. I was offended by such things as body doubles for nude scenes in movies and actors in live plays wearing flesh-colored tights and lusty scenes. My play was a statement against this perverse attitude. I wasn't really into sex itself in my art. I just wanted to see nude bodies on stage not sneak them into a love scene, right. and see them do things like paint their bodies with baby food. I learned it can be hard to get people for weird things. I can relate to that. <laughs> also in college, I started doing political pranks, like rolling into the Marines recruiting office to join, wanting to push the button. During the time of the Kent State killings, I saw my life was heading back into isolation if I did not make some radical changes. I dropped out of college and hitched to hippie land in Santa Fe. There, I started re-examining things from an occult view. During these years, there was a period for me of intensive reading of books of all kinds. Many were arcane and occult in many different fields. A few were old, rare books. I somehow stored all of this information in my back brain and forgot it. 
When I needed this knowledge later in my life, my back brain gave it to my front brain. I didn't know how I knew. By the back brain, I meant the yin part of the mind, which links the shaman to the realm of all possibilities. After a while, my back brain started channeling arcane information directly from other dimensions when I was reading or lying in bed. It was like reading two books at once or watching a movie with the subtitles of a different movie superimposed. I was tempted to think I was going crazy. Thanks to the gentle guidance by Louise Scott, I started to see my That's body Louise's as a tool. That's picture. That's years later. Okay. I could get away with things that others couldn't. I can stare at people, laugh at them, touch their asses on the street because they don't think I understand. I can park myself next to them and observe them close up without them realizing or changing. That is being so visible that it creates invisibility. But there are other advantages to my body. People project onto me certain mystical powers, like seeing through their fronts to their real selves, seeing the past and the future, and what they should do. They are reacting to some symbol of the deformed medicine man. They use me as a medium for getting through to other dimensions. Because of the slowness of my communication board, they were forced to slow down. They could project whatever they wanted, misread me when it fit them. I was a symbol. Because they gave me power as a symbol, they were afraid of me. It was just my luck to be born into the long tradition of the deformed shaman, the wounded healer, the blind prophet, the club-footed idiot court jester. Primitive tribes, tribes believed that if a cripple could survive childhood, he was blessed by the gods. He was special. He was not really from this physical world. He belonged to the spiritual world with an inside channel to the gods. He was not suited for the normal activities of living, such as hunting and fighting. But everything he did or said were omens from gods. He was taken care of by the tribe and lived in freedom. The court jesters in the Middle Ages came from this tradition. They were given an easy life and freedoms, such as the ability to tell the king off, because their babbling just might have been divine in origin. Parents were known to cripple their children in the hope the child would become a jester, a prophet, a shaman. My body gives me a tool that other artists spend years to create. I just laughed. Most artists are not as lucky as me. They do not have the built-in advantages and shields that I have. They need to resist the real world, the normal world, more than I do. They need to be more sneaky to avoid being seduced by the business and politics of art. In fact, historically, performance as an art form came into being as a reaction to this seduction of formal art. Amazing. Wow. I want to read more of that book. <laughs> S. So, why, how did, how did you be, e, become a, F R free F R E freak. How did you become a freak? <laughs> well, I think I was always a freak. 
When I was in school, when I mean mm. high school, high school when I was younger, mm. I really took pride in, uh, when anybody said I was weird. Mm. I thought it was like the best thing. If I was mm. weird, then I'm doing something really good. So mm. <laughs> I value that. How were you? How were you weird? How was I weird? Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really like to communicate mm. that much. Like I was kind of like a loner. I'd feel like um, a bit awkward around a lot of, a lot of people because I just didn't feel like I completely fit in. And it took me, it took me a while to realize like. Um, what my path is and where I need to go, but I, f I feel like in a way I've always been on it. I, I started with, I started understanding the direction I wanted to go as, as far as towards art is just because I, I picked up a paintbrush and I started painting, I started drawing and I was actually good at it. And like I said before, I, had, I have like um, dyslexia, so it was, I, had, I have a little bit of a hard time like um, with writing and reading and learning. So that wasn't like my forte so I kind of felt like right when I was really great at something I just jumped on it and I, it kind of was, it's been my guiding light ever since yeah so I'm like I'm, I'm I mean I'm really I'm really grateful to to art not just in that way but like because of the people that I get to meet and, and like the circumstances that happen the whole lifestyle my whole it's more than just drawing a beautiful picture or something like emotionally exciting on a, like on a on a on a painting or whatnot it is a amazing how what L E A leads to to what? It's amazing so what leads to what. Right. When you let it. When yeah. you let it. It is. And like uh, that's that's a big part of my artwork. It's I I always believe that um, you have to have like in a way a focus, one focus, just to get it you out of the box. Like a, a uh, a teacher of mine in college came in and he drew this and it stuck with me. He drew a box in my, on my, um, on my uh, canvas and he, and he said, you're inside the box. And to be able to get out of the box, you just have to have an idea. So he like put a point outside of the box. And now you're finally out of the box traveling towards the idea, but once you're out, just let go because you might end up somewhere completely different that you would never know. So I use that as my motto. A, if you don't, L, E, let, if you don't let go of the P, O, I, the point, that point, if you don't let go of it, you are just mm -hmm. in a another box. Another box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and it's beautiful like once you like once I've done I've I've done performance and and right when right when I started doing performance it was an immediate thing where like I just had to open myself up to other people and bring in other people it wasn't like a solitary thing and and just by opening that up and having that balance between being in my studio doing my own personal work that I need to have and then also having like the community involved and like killing the ego and just like allowing other peoples to influence your idea and uh, and like just opening that's so important but it's like it's amazing like it's big it becomes the performances become like bigger than I could ever make them because of all of the people's energy and where it carries it always 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 that's oh, yeah. always <laughs> yeah. always true Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w I really would love to see some, one of your performances live, or more than one. <laughs> Can, may, maybe. T, O. D, today? Today. No, yeah, maybe today. Maybe today. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But this is a P E R, a performance. R. I, R, I, right? This is a performance right mm. now. Right now. Life is a performance. <sighs> I, M, E, T, I met, you, B, because, R, A, I, Rain Dog? Rain Dog, yeah. Yeah. F, forwarded, your... Pussy Portrait Discipline Product. <laughs> That's a hard one. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how... Like, I don't even really know Rain Dog that much. I just kind of meet him here and there. He has P played in um in your in Frank's band. In Frank's he, band. He's been in Frank's band, yeah. And I and was on the on the show mm. he, he was rain dog was on the show yes mm. one time i w r e and I went to 
my H E A R H E A R hearing. Oh, right, right, right. The place where, where Frank gets his hearing aids. Uh-huh. Um, it's way down downtown Oakland. One time we went there and the young guy who's like apprenticing with the regular doctor. No. no. <laughs> L. I. N. No link to the art. In any way, like it's just like this is just like us going to the doctor. Okay. And um, we had met this guy. He was like the apprentice. And um, when we come in, he gets real excited and he pulls out this book that Rain Dog had written where he talks about being on Frank's show. Oh, wow. It's like a road book. And part of his road trip was um, was being on the show. And he talks all about Frank and his art and the show. And... And this guy, um, Darren, right? Um, he had gotten the book just like online, just like looking around at poetry and stuff and just randomly bought this book and then is reading the book and is like, oh, that's oh, our patient. That's crazy. And yeah. yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rain Dad told me that, he, that I, I should definitely meet you because... We're, we're cut from the same cloth. We have very similar, like, uh, themes and styles and performances. He is A, afraid. Yeah, he's a little afraid of, of Rain, us, of Frank. Rain, yeah. Oh, Rain Dog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, I'm a little afraid of Rain Dog, actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's, we, I think we make him uncomfortable. Yeah. You know. I, I actually have a, um, I'm, for the Pussy Portrait Disowned Project, product, I made these books, and I, I wanted to also give you one of these books. Oh, wow. That was with one of the pieces. Beautiful. This is your drawing? Yeah, this is the drawing. Yeah. And then this was the first book I've ever kind of put together. We'll show it on the camera too. But it's uh it has a little a little like paragraph of what what kind of like this whole thing talks about. And these are all the different photographs or drawings. Drawings. It was a discipline that I, I created. I um I'm trying I, I'm still trying to do it. It's very important for me to be able to do my art like at least a little bit every single day, like the physical act of drawing or something mm-hmm. to just kind of center myself. So I tried to pick some a subject matter that is definitely like interesting to me, which is the vagina, just like the lines and the curves mm-hmm. and the idea, the birth, the death, everything connected into that symbol. And um, I just wanted to draw it every single day, just to kind of keep that practice up. But in the in the in the process of that, it was it was definitely something that was like kind of connecting myself to myself in a way, and like having I, I was trying to almost build a conversation with me and my vagina, and like the lines and the colors that I would use would completely change depending on my mood or how I what I was going through at the time. So I was I thought. If a vagina would talk, it definitely would be, like, probably through art or something. Mm. Not, like, English. <laughs> but. I. 
W-E-N went, I went to your website when I G O when I got your email, email. the original email that Rain Dog forwarded and I S A I saw the P H photographs of the white renaissance forest yes the piece that he did yes that um darren is actually the photographer for that he he shot the photo and i i um i i build the costume out um i can tell you kind of like the the idea behind it because i i don't I need to include that into the website. I'm still working on it. I should have like a little synopsis about each one, but I don't. Um, the, wh the white renaissance forest is, is, is about kind of uh, man taking over nature and basically just going out in nature and just grabbing leaves off the floor or, or whatever they want. And then it, they call it their own, paint it white, like a blank canvas and paint their own picture on it. So it's kind of humans taking over nature and that's why it kind of looks like, uh, in some of the pictures, it looks like uh, it's fashion almost. So it's like turned into clothing a bit. So that's kind of the, the idea behind of that. And B, U, B, B, U, T, Buto. Budo. Yeah. Yes. Budo dancing? Yes, that reminded Frank of that. Really? That, yes. that piece reminded me? Yes. I could see that. I love Budo dancing. It's, a, it's, a, it's very hard to do. Have you, have you, have you tried Budo dancing? Well, yeah, he did. I'm sure you would actually be perfect. <laughs> like, you're, you're perfect at it. One of the performances we did, the, um, you know, part of the performances is Frank goes around and asks each person what they do and da da da. So I've, one guy I've, said he yeah. did that. And so for Frank a living. Said, well, I, you know, whatever. It's kind of yeah. like what your passion is right, or okay. what your job is, whatever. And so that's, he did that. And so Frank said, could we do a dance together? And so wow. he said, yes. And you guys did it nude, right? So yeah. they took their clothes off and did this amazing, amazing dance together. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they people train to do that like their whole lives. It's a um a friend of mine I call him the warrior. He he says that it's uh, his interpretation. He said is um it's dancing in the negative. Like mm -hmm. just kind of moving within the negative. Also you're like supposed to move super super slow. That's mm -hmm. the hard part for me. Like time just moves so quickly, and J E R Jerry, no J E R Jerky Jerk Jerky, yeah, yes. kind of like scary in a way. Movements very yes. like and U 
G and ugly. Yeah. In a beautiful way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's a very strange, it's a very strange type of performance. And I love it. D and F. No, D, R, O, O, drool. And drool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your special signature on it. <laughs> what? I... K, J, U, just, what I just, no, what I, no, I just, I just, am, was, O, U, out, of, the, Oh, when you did the painting? Mm -hmm. Frank had just gotten out of the hospital. He had mm -hmm. been in intensive care for six weeks mm -hmm. and almost died. Oh, wow. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was, he couldn't even sit up in his wheelchair. You know, there's this whole, like, rehab mm -hmm. thing right. that you have to do. And um, so when we finally got to where he could get up in the wheelchair, mm -hmm. he couldn't hold his head up mm -hmm. and have enough control to type on the keyboard because he wears um, something like that except there's like a stick on yeah. the end. Mm, right. you know, push. Right. Couldn't do it. But mm. what he figured out he could do was paint because he had done digital art for years on mm -hmm. his computer. And so that's what he would do. He'd get up, you know, first like five minutes, ten minutes, you know, as long as he could. Wow. And he did like that painting and that's maybe like nice. ten, twelve paintings. Mm until he was able to start typing mm. again and that's when the painting stopped mm. wow yeah. that's amazing how was he able how, how were you able to manipulate mm. the cursor or the paint controls um m n no m mouse a r t no a r r Oh, arrow. Mm. Yeah. You can use the arrow keys the to arrow make a master of. Mm. Wow. How long did it take you to make this piece? <laughs> you are the M. O, mm. most, C, mm. complicated. Mm. That was the, that most, was the most complicated, complicated one. <laughs> I bet. That one probably took the longest. Yeah. yeah. You had to simplify all that detail. It's like the, the costume in the, the middle was the last part. Mm. And yeah. so, you know, he's the feet actually were the first mm. part and the hands. And we were like, wow. The feet are great. The hands are great. And then the face. And actually, we did something with the face and the head at some point. And we so so uh, did he, like, he, you had, a, you had a, the photograph, and then you were looking at the photograph and drawing it? Or did you super kind of impose them together? I. Or both. P. Paint. 
paint on the the photograph. photograph. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. So you see the photographs start yeah. disappearing. Yeah. I love it. Mm. It feels like very um like computerized mm. um like like the like a computer system mm. especially in the legs and I don't know it feels like yeah, a, really a question. Yeah. I, what inspired you to want to be an artist? Any did I have a did I have a choice? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you're, you took it to this place. Like, you directed mm. your life towards being an artist. I, well, but you were born an artist. I that's true. follow. Mm. Yeah, that's what, that's what Frank always mm. talks about it in terms of that. He's, he's really good at spotting opportunity mm. in, on all levels, mm -hmm. you know. So, like, really, you know since we've been together, everything we've done has been following. Like, we never, like, Frank never said, I'm going to do this now. It's always like, you know, there's something there, there's something there, and he'll, he'll recognize it as an right. opportunity, which to me seems like an art to be able to Definitely. recognize opportunity. Definitely. And then he, he knows enough to grab it and trust and follow it. And I see like other people don't do that. They'll kind of like, oh, that as if it wasn't a big right. deal. Whereas Frank, it's like, he may, he, when he, Frank looks at it, it's like there's a big spotlight on it. Yeah. And it seems like a no brainer. But I see other people, they'll like just kind of dismiss things that well, we it, would I deal think, with. I as think it's hard because like this age, it's just like there's so much. Like I feel bombarded with so many opportunities that I can see that it's mm. almost like hard to even focus on one of them mm. or just go for it mm. and then just like allowing yourself to flow through the energy and let you know yourself I go am not s no a m b ambitious ambitious Frank not is not <laughs> ambitious no no, no. I mean, there's like over and over and over again, you see us being in situations where, you know, I can imagine somebody else kind of grabbing it and, you yeah. know, doing something with it to make it big. Frank never does that. In fact, he talks in terms of different periods of his life where he's had to work harder not to be famous because... You know, he says that there are more um, there are more opportunities to change things when you're just under. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, the yeah, the outrageous beauty review was a real loud example. That was in the late '70s, and it was just you know another thing. You know, Frank came up with we were going to do this thing. We were used to having like five people show up at performances. And the first mm -hmm. night, we, it was like just an idea. Somebody that was working with Frank in the theater group that he had kind of created um, wanted to take some time off from work. She did construction. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have like $500, Frank. What can we do together? I want to yeah. do something creative. Mm -hmm. 
He said, well, I've always had this fantasy of doing a beauty contest, but instead of the focus being beauty, it, of it being outrageous. So whoever's the most outrageous, outrageous. is the winner. <laughs> and so we put like kind of casting calls out all over the local stuff. Um, and I, H, A, had the... P. Oh, the space. Mm. Right. We had the Mabuhay mm. Gardens, which was like the um, like the punk club mecca in San Francisco. Mm. And um, mm. we had, well, Frank had been, Frank had written this play about strippers called mm. Glamour. And we had a storefront mm. in Berkeley and we were going to, we turned it into like a, a divey kind of strip club for the play. And, um, and people would, it would just be like, you know, you'd come in just as if you were in a dive and the actresses would be the dancers and get your drink and like come on to the people and had their sets and all this stuff. So <laughs> Frank um, found a dive on Broadway in San Francisco and arranged for his actresses to get part-time jobs there. A, across the street, no, A-C... T, actually, I, W, wrote mm. the mm. P, mm. L, the play, on the D, I, dive. Mm. The play was inspired by the dive because mm. we, we had met um, a couple people. What that is was, isn't that what you mean? Like strawberry and all those people? The dive bar? The like dive, dive bar? It was just like, it was like the low end yeah, of the yeah. strip places. It had like a jukebox that half the time would right. work midway yeah, yeah, yeah. through their songs. I <laughs> wrote, I have a M O R T O R, motor, mm. chair. Mm. Frank used to drive himself in his motorized wheelchair. And I, mm. he would go into, he, mm. would, he would get bar to San Francisco mm. and he would just storm into these strip clubs. <laughs> and most of the time people aren't going to say anything to him, right? Yeah. They'll just, like, they'll just <laughs> let him do whatever he wants. So he would just sit in these clubs and watch the strippers and talk to them. And wow. I M A G Oh, a good audience. Because he would be he would do that. You know, when the dancers were dancing, he would <laughs> encourage them. And they, you know, they're used to people just kind of sitting there and being like, like that. Whatever, yeah. And so they loved it when Frank would come in. Wow. And. That's crazy. They. <laughs> and in the. In the afternoon. There was no a audience. Mm. So if Frank was there in the afternoon, he could actually have the dancers all, the dance. all himself. Mm. So wow. he got to know them and yeah, painted, did paintings of some of them. 
So I wrote the play inspired by that club. Wow. And, you know, the people that played the, act, played the dancers weren't real actresses. They were people that worked with Frank. Um, and he just kind of gave them these characters, and it was all improv. So there was, there was like, a, a, like a kind of a broad storyline that involved the one... They had personalities. He gave them personalities, but they had to develop the personalities based on their interacting with each other and the audience. But they were, they were, they were strippers, though. They were not real strippers, but they were pretending they to were be They were pretending strippers. to be strippers, yeah. and then he got them this dancing gig stripping. Yeah. And so we would go to the strip club, and he would talk to them after their set, like as the director, right, and tell right. them like what needed to change. <laughs> But meanwhile, that like gets really boring really fast. And so we would just wander around Broadway like looking for stuff to do, and the Mabuhay was right there. So we wandered in there one night, and um, Frank had, had met this like famous playwright on the streets of Berkeley when he was tooling around in his chair, who had a big hit play in San Francisco. He was like the darling. And Frank went up to him and introduced himself and said, Can, I'd like to direct one of your plays. And the guy, like, you know, is like, oh, okay, Frank, you know, here's one of my plays, you know, kind of really, like, looking down on Frank, but Frank had this play. Yeah. So he, he introduces himself to Dirk, who was the guy who produced the shows. And Dirk, on the other hand, did not see Frank that way. Frank, Dirk saw an interesting guy. There's a picture of Dirk. The last picture there, he's sitting on Frank's lap. That was like not that long before he died. Um, so um, Frank introduces himself, says he has a play, and Dirk um, says, yeah, sure, you can do it here. And so we booked these weekends. Frank cast this play. This is not the strip play. Now, this, this, is, is, this, this is this play written by this famous playwright. And we did the play for like two weekends, and um, completely freaked out the playwright. It was, it was about a pre-Christian Irish queen and her concubine. And, <laughs> you know, the guy says, if you want to change anything, Frank, you know, just run it by me. And Frank said, oh, no, I'll, I'll just do it as it's written. But meanwhile, like the war hero, Cahoolan, um, Frank got this, um, this guy who was a real, um, what do you call him? A lumberjack. A lumberjack. Who also did um, Thai, no, a Aikido. That's how we met him. Somebody we knew who took Aikido met this guy. Not an actor, but Frank um, talked him into being in this play, you know. So he plays the war hero. He has him talk like this. And he wears the um, glasses with the eyes that are on springs. And we um, macrame this, like, thing that hung on him that was filled with smashed beer cans. So he kind of clunked when he walked. My name is Kohulin. <laughs> so it was all like that. The the people in the court were naked and wandered. This one one actress, one of the people in the play, could not remember her lines, could not remember stage direction. So Frank actually created a character that has lived on to the present. Well, he told her, don't worry about the lines. Just wander <laughs> around and do whatever you want. He's <laughs> flexible. That's awesome. So the playwright walked out of the play the first night, and he, you know, he never talked to us again. No. Wow. A. 
No, there was no audience. Nobody. This is what we were used to. So we had this great club. We had the like Dirk had this vision of the Moulin Rouge, and yeah, yeah. we were the early show, and the punk bands were after. And this is just what I want, Frank. You know, with the ambiance and what we're right, doing right. is edgy and. So, but nobody came. But Dirk didn't care. He loved it. He thought this was fantastic. He said, extend the run. You know, but we couldn't because we had this huge cast that Frank had just pilfered from, you know, anybody who knew anybody. He talked into being in this play. And nobody, you know, that was it. They were on to their lives. So... So it was a one show. It was like two yeah, weekends. Yeah. That was That's before video. We didn't video. It was just like an amazing experience. But Dirk says, my club is your club. Anytime you want to do anything, Frank. So now we have this club. And Diane has this idea. So, okay, we're going to do the Outrageous Beauty Contest. One-time right, right, right. deal. We have this money as the prize to lure people. And Frank ran around in his motor chair all over the Bay Area. He spent like weeks. He had a sign pasted to his board that said he's doing this show and he needs prizes. He would come home every day with like a backpack filled with gift certificates for these high-end boutiques and restaurants and hair salons and bags of pastries from pastry stores, which we had to eat. Um, (laughs) Your your medium is so... It's it's so raw. It's like it's just life. It's like real, real life, real people... Just like, so we do this. So we couldn't, we couldn't find anybody outrageous enough to be contestants. So Frank did he win? Did he win? Well, he he can't (laughs) be in it. So he decides he's going to plant contestants from our little group of thirty, because he knows they'll be outrageous. So what he tells the real contestants, people who really replied to our ad, that there are plants. But you don't know who the plants are. So you've got to be more outrageous than everybody else if you want to win. Right. And everybody wanted to win, you know. Even the plants got... Well, the plants couldn't win. Couldn't win. No, but they were were in there to just up it, you know. Yeah. And um, so it was like oh, a, it was supposed to be like a one-time thing. Well, the place was packed. There were hundreds and hundreds of people, and there were like four lines deep of press. We were in like the San Francisco Examiner, like the big story. We had never had anything like that. Never, never. And how how do how do you like that compared to like a more intimate performance? Well, you know, we went with it. Dirk came backstage and said, Frank, announce that it's a weekly show. <laughs> Which is like, you know, what? How? In the fuck could you do that? You know, we had spent show. like months getting this show together and now he's saying, but Frank goes, okay. You know, <laughs> oh, God. and we make the announcement. It's a weekly show. <laughs> Meanwhile, we had been, we were rehearsing Frank's rewrite of Lysistrata, which we had been doing for a while and ne- that never happened. And we did this show for three and a half years, oh, once wow. or twice a week. Yeah, we were the early show, The Outrageous Beauty. It turned out to be The Outrageous Beauty Review because it was like an ongoing thing. And it ended up just being us and a series of um, three to four minute skits with, a, um, with an MC who was the MC of the contest, Diane, the person who Did, did whose you still idea have was. like an open ended, like uh, um, people could come in and, and also participate from like. Did we do that for a while? I can't even remember. I think we did that for a while. And then we just phased that out. 
But didn't we do a contest once a year? On the anniversary mm. show, we did a big contest where Frank would go around mm. to get prizes and judges mm. and all the celebrity judges. We'd get like local celebrities. That's great. But that was a case mm. where um, Frank said he had to work hard mm. to not be famous because Everybody covered us. Everybody. Mm. We even had Reader's Digest come and interview mm. Frank. How did it get so famous? How did it get the I mean, we don't know. It was just one of those things. Mm. I mean, why did all those people come? We had no idea. It was <laughs> just we were just dealing with it. Really. Well, the, the lot of, yeah, well, mm. uh, why did you not want to be famous? Why, did, why is that something that, like, it, you don't think it could reach? It? Mm. Limits. And limits. Mm. But don't you think it also can send a message to more people and touch more people? Like I think a lot of famous people it have could get yeah um, gets wa watered a down. Lot of power. Mm. It does get watered yeah. down. We've, like wa the we've watched it happen over and over again. I. I am. S. And sneaky. I do R E A. I do reach a lot of people, but W I with out T. Trying. No effort. To be, but without trying or compromising. Mm. Wow. Mm. It's like you're staying true to your path, and, and, mm. and it's like, in a way, it's like rewarding you. Mm. Like, like. N. O. Like now. Mm. On. V. I. On Vimeo. Mm. Yeah, like now on Vimeo, every day there's like three to 5,000 people that watch mm. our videos. We have like a hundred and some videos up now. We're, you know, we'll put three or four videos up a week from like our 30, 40 years of videos. So we yeah. put like new stuff and old stuff up. And um, yeah, and that's international. A, P, L, O, T, plot. A lot of the videos. S, A, sat in our closet. You know, like in the 80s is when Frank really started messing with video. That was like, you know, when it was like a home video thing and he had, we would tape the remotes onto his board and he used his pointer to edit movies. It was oh, wow. very crude. We didn't have any money and they would, we'd have to use the six-hour option on tapes that could go two, four, or six hours. Right. I, F, G, O, I got shit. Right, because at the Correct. time we were oh, at the, the, the Art Institute in San yeah. Francisco, mm. and 
they they told he was there for his um, second masters. We went for like video for set, like a way to meet people, mm-hmm. and um, and we didn't actually know that what we were doing was called performance art until we went to this department that was called video slash performance art. And we thought, oh, we've been doing performance <laughs> art for all this time. But um, when Frank made the videos like that, he was told by the teachers and the students that he would never be able to use his work mm. because it, was, it wasn't professional <laughs> quality. You know, and the same people that told us that have paid Frank money like 10 years later to show the same videos at like the kitchen in New York and places like that. Wow, it's crazy. So he always gets his revenge. So what what is like, you would say like an overall feeling that um, a person kind of gets when, when they're leaving one of your performances, when after the performance, what do they, what do you, what do they feel? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, generalize. Or what do you hope they feel? F. D. Depend. No, depends. Yeah. Yeah. Depends. It depends. Yeah. Like. L. A. Last. The last performance. Mm-hmm. The last performance was, you know, you just never know. And it was filled mm. with, like, professionals. Mm. So there, and it was just like, it's just like a, who knows. But it's like mm. there were these four people that came together that were students. Mm. Um, what was their? Psychology. Psychology. Clinical psychology. Clinical psychology. Mm. And then there were um, two people there that were professionals, mm. teachers of, um, uh, so social work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there were these two people that, um, it turns out she was 71 and um, he was 69 and mm-hmm. they just got engaged and they were very mm-hmm. like sexy and free and, mm-hmm. you know, she was a real babe. You would have yeah. never known she was 71 years old. And, and so, you know, Frank kind of mm-hmm. like works with what he's got. So it turns out that these students mm-hmm. start talking about because he says, would you undress the camera person, mm. he says to one of the students. <laughs> she says, well, it turns out he gets them talking, and this guy is saying that they sign something when they go to the school that, um, that kind of dictates mm. their behavior in all aspects of their life. Oh, with, wow. with the overall thing of they could get kicked out of the school mm. for anything off, off the line. Wow. No, it's called Wright Institute mm. in Berkeley. And, um, you know, A, L, O, U, L, O, loyalty. It's like a loyalty oath. Right. To the E, X, H, E X H no to the E X E S mm. establish order a loyalty oath mm. to the established order mm. and they don't mm. N K they don't know. Mm. What is 
see uh, covered by this by this oath. Covered? Yeah, they, they like it's not it. like they can say we can and can't do this. It's more like this vague kind of thing that like I don't know if that's really something I can't do, but I I don't want to take any chances. You know, so and then Frank gets them talking. You know what they're? He said, "How can you possibly hope to free to get, to put promote freedom in other people's lives if you're in such a constricted reality yourself?" Right. Well, like they're not even like hearing any of this. This went on for like three hours. He turns to the um, the two teachers, and you know they see what's going on, and he kind of starts talking to them, and and the one the one teacher says. Because he says, she, she says, really, you have to unlearn most of what you learn in school. It just, you know, yeah. you can't work with it. And even given this information, they're, you know, they're like this. They're afraid to budge. They're afraid to move. So how did wow. they feel, you know, at the end of the performance? They were completely freaked out. Completely freaked out. E, Erica, run into we see and Erica who is has worked with Frank for many years and is always we're all at the performances and you know she's one of you the one of the people is like will you undress Erica you know can Erica undress you it's like Frank I mean Linda the cameraman Mikey Erica um and and then at some point because it was really pertinent to this group because they're talking about professional and all this and he said well Erica is a professional Turns out, you know, she works in um, a nursing homes, has for many, many years. She was the director of activities in one place, and she's she's a professional. But, you know, she came, actually started working with Frank at the point where she was taking her exams and felt all this stuff that those students were talking about and realized she could not function like that. And she thought to herself, I need a shaman. Yeah. And she sees yeah. a sign on the pole, you know, for Frank saying, I'm a shaman and I'll work with you. <laughs> and she met with Frank. And so she dresses sexy to work. She dresses low-cut low stuff, you know, and she has fun. And she's aware of all of that every day, you know. But she carries this in with her and it totally mm. works. So he, you know, introduces them to Erica standing there naked, you know, and this is... Free and confident. You know, but all it did was disrupt them more, really, you know. It's important to shake up the bottle a little bit. And she actually ran into the one woman. Of the four students, there was one that was unwilling... She was, un she was willing to undress me and when the other ones wouldn't do anything. But then there was, you could just see it, they were going to like pressure her, like something was odd about her that she did that, mm -hmm. you know. But not me. She wouldn't undress Frank because of the gender. She mm -hmm. said that it made her uncomfortable because of the gender difference. But, you know, at that point it was hard to tell because you could see um, that the other three were, like, already, you know, looking at her weird because she had felt okay about undressing me. You know, what's wrong with you? It was kind of that vibe. Yeah. And then she runs into Erica at Trader Joe's after the performance, you know, and she was so freaked out. You know, because Erica is just like, well, Erica went up to her and just started talking like casual, you know, oh, like I'm here shopping for work and, you know, just kind of trying to make her comfortable 
Like there we're like professionals, yeah. and I'm here on my job shopping like, for Thanksgiving. She was, she was having so many assumptions that something would happen, something bad could happen by right. just like just talking being to Erica, or just being like open in, right. in that situation and right. uncovering. Right. Such a simple act yeah. to just take off your clothes and yeah. like be, you know, free. Yeah. There's so much heavy. And you, nudity. And eroticism, erotic, is a G R great T O O tool. Tool, yeah, definitely. It's very, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very powerful, very potent tool. And um, I went back and forth with it because, like, I love using nudity, but then, like, if I want to do it in certain venues, I, I have to, I have to, like, kind of, like, fit it to the kids that are going to be there sometimes. And I don't, I don't, I don't like to do that, but then the art wouldn't be shown in that, those type of places. That in, in fact. L, A, last, at the last performance, a family came in with this little kid. I yeah. don't know, like, pretty young. Yeah. How old would you say that kid was? Nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there was already one naked person in the room when they came in and they sat down. And, um, and Frank said to them, he said, there'll be nudity and erotic at the th happening tonight. You know, yeah. so if you're okay with that with your child. And they said, oh, yeah. You know, no yeah. problem. So he didn't change anything, and it was up to them to decide one way or the other. I never, I N O T, noticed. Oh, on Vimeo, mm -hmm. right. Like, um, Frank goes through Vimeo's mm -hmm. videos and um, picks out stuff that he likes for mm -hmm. the cable show. And um, he's noticed that outside of the mm. United States, it's fairly common to have kids at these right, performances yeah. that mm. have eroticism and nudity, and people seem very comfortable. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of strange because we, we feel like we're so open-minded in America, mm. but there's a lot of things that mm. we're like, mm. not comfortable with. Nudity, yeah. death is, mm. a, is a huge one. Like, we don't even mm. want to touch that idea. Mm. You know, mm. there's a lot of like um, taboos about it. Like, if it's mm. uncomfortable, we just kind of mm. shove it under the rug. Mm. Yes. And I, I've done I've done performances in um, uh, at, at this place Oka, um, and it was actually a, a collaboration between me, Darren, and a, another my art mama. I call her Joella, and um, it was uh, called Tethered, where she like. Uh, we we put tubes all around my body and I was naked and uh, the tubes kind of led into buckets that had paint and the and then the paint kind of flew through the through the tubes all around me it was kind of like my circulatory system on the outside and I was just on a pedestal kind of just moving around as a live sculpture in a way and there was like young girls there too and I was like that's awesome I love it mm -hmm. I, I loved it that there was like actually some kids I mean, in Burning Man, have you guys ever been to Burning Man? 
No, we did. No. The, it doesn't lend itself to um, like the wheelchair and oh, really? stuff. At least you know that's you back bigger. In the, you just need bigger like bigger wheels. <laughs> really it's not easy. It's really not well, easy. Well, in Burning Man, there's yeah. lots of nudity, lots mm. of like just openness and lots of young young people there. And that's it just creates such an amazing, you know, environment. F U funny the P no the O L the old C O U couple or from the performance yes were the the ones yeah they ended up um because one of the things Frank says is um, he asked if Erica could undress the two of them mm -hmm. and then dress them in these kind of costumes we have, which is yeah. like a lot of nothing, really, like a lot of jewelry yeah, and pieces yeah. of net and stuff like that. And um, they said yes. And so they were you know, basically nude with this stuff, mm. accoutrements on them. And at one point, Frank asked them to dance erotically, and they did that. So they mm. were the ones that really had a good time. First day, mm. then. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed that, that um, like, in a few of the performances, uh, this one in particular called Kinesis, um, it was kind of an underground performance area that Darren kind of initiated called Pollen. Um, and it, it, it was basically, we were all nude, but we were painted from head to toe with just like one color. I was yellow and they were, the other two performers were white and they, and we, we were having a full blown, like just party with like a, like an art party with like art on the wall and music, Pollen Land was playing and everybody was kind of, there was alcohol, so they were drinking and it was just kind of a social scene. And then, and then right when they came out, there was a lot of like hooting and hollering and ki guys that were just like overly stimulated and like really excited about like, you know, two women just slowly moving and slithering on each other as they go towards the back alley where I'm like there naked with this headpiece of in yellow cracking eggs. And then once they come towards me and the, the it was almost like a shamanic type of very, um, it felt very spiritual, very like, um, what's the word I'm looking at, uh, a ceremonial type of thing. Because I kept adding, I, I, I put the eggs on them and then I kept adding other, other materials that transformed them. And right when that started happening, everything got super serious. So all the people that were just like crazily stimulated in the beginning were just like really into it for more of like the soul. And they were able to like let go that they're just like nude right there. So it's definitely a possibility to like transform and go beyond that. Yes. And it's nice when it happens. Wood. Would you T R E read her some something? Would I read something? Oh, um, Would you cupcake. Cupcake. Um, Would you read something? Sure. Which one of the things you printed out, right? Mm. Mm. This one. 
It's from your website. Oh. <laughs> In the studio with you, Tony Ivashka. I am art. I allow a profound intelligence to take over, or talent I possess. What is art? Is art God? Am I God? Am I the devil? Is art evil? Is art a sinful pleasure I'm able to enjoy while those I affect with it are simply jealous or my, of my orgasmic ability to pass time? Does art bring people to an infinite moment of what clarity, realizations, truth, insanity, perhaps the intoxication of a glimpse of freedom? Is art the ability to see blind? Am I wasting my time enabling others to live in an illusion of immortality where art manages to thrive on the bored and mundane? Is art the strangling sensation of being stuck in a moment? Is art the portal to one's own limitations? Is art magical? Am I magical? Is that pretensions of me to claim this phenomena as my own creation, thereby separating myself from another and thus contradicting the very essence of what I attempt to instill in the minds of those who suffer? Or am I just amused the masses? This, this, this piece is actually, um, it's part of my thesis. Uh, it was part of my thesis for, um, for college when I finished. And, um, Obviously, like I, I'm like I, I hate doing that type of stuff, writing this, that, and I shied away from it. I'm kind of getting back into it myself, writing a lot more. Um, like I wrote what what's in the Pussy Portrait Discipline Project book, but um, I had my sister. My sister performs a lot with me, Goldie Ivashkov, and um, we're, we have a very like kind of twin-like connection. And she just she knows me, she feels me, she gets everything. Like we're in the same pod. And um, I kind of expressed to her exactly what I wanted to convey through my, like, it was an art artist statement. And I said, if it's an artist statement, it should be art. It shouldn't be like, I don't know, talking about something else. It should just be art. And, and, and she's, she got inspired by exactly what mm -hmm. I was saying. And for like 30 minutes just straight, she wrote this poem. So this was actually written by my mm -hmm. sister, Goldie. She's an amazing um, mm -hmm. writer. She's, that's her medium. <laughs> so. G R great W no great Q U E questions. Great but great questions. They're great they are great questions. Yeah. yeah. They are. That's it. I mean I definitely feel that way. Mm. I don't know, I feel that way about life. I mean, I think life is art. Art yeah. is life. Yes. It's what you create of it, mm. and how you, how you view it and how you see it. Mm. It's just like, it's hard because sometimes you get, you know, you, you really do, I do, I think a lot of people do get sucked into um, believing that this performance is the, the reality in a, in a way. Like, you, you, get, you get sucked into this idea that we've created, this system. And when you take things maybe a little too seriously, you know, it gets, it's not fun. G. L. A. Glamour. L. I. M. 
Limits. What? Oh, glamour limits. Mm. Glamour limits. Glamour limits. Mm. The way you glamour uh, limits. Like to glamorize <laughs> right, right. something, to glamorize mm. art, to glamorize what you're right, doing. Right, it right. limits what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, the most beautiful, like, most profound works or ideas in this world mm. is like just so simple, like so simple. Read. <laughs> See. Are creating a masterpiece? No, creating a is oh creativity is like shitting. Is that right? Read that poem. Yeah. Um, we could just get it out of the binder, maybe, right? Yeah. That's fine. I have a, a little painting that's called um, "Life is like taking a shit." It feels really good, and then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you want to get out? G R great M I great minds think alike. <laughs> Who's reading? Am I reading this one? Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Creativity is like shitting. Creativity is like shitting. Most people do it. Everybody needs to do it, more or less regularly. Every shit is different. There is nothing like a good shit. Some people obsess on their shitting. Some obsess on their own shit. Others obsess on others' shit, even buying it. I just enjoy a good shit. Oh, shit. I'll let you in on a secret. I play with shit. <laughs> Creativity is just playing. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so great to be like whimsical and just like. Mm. <laughs> genius. Mm. Humor. Okay. Humor is so important in art. It's so important. Wood. Would Darren read? Oh, this other piece here? No, this is another thing that Frank wrote. <coughs> I like looking. Frank Moore, 2011. I like looking into pussies, whatever color of trim or shaved hairs from your skirts. But that does not define what my companion is, or my life in spirituality, and why this powerful screw beat loudly. I am not definitely not surrounded by people based upon folds of skin, colors of the bodies, or whatever else painted by nobody. But I screen people to see if they want to get booked up with my whole body, if they are available, practical, willing to jump into possibilities and fully play together within intimacy. Playing adventures, dancing nude, sliding warm, juicy, sweaty, rubbing aroused, smiling outside of themselves, loving life, willing to risk all kinds of ridic ridiculous poems for me, willing to stay together within experimental play together. I don't have a tape measure for tits, cocks, noses, and all other body parts. If you see someone 
with such a policy of tape measuring run? We all came from Africa. Yes, my companion is willing to melt into possibilities and fully sexual experience with my cock. Well, among various other things. Can I look up your pussy? I don't really know why we cannot talk that directly. I'll promise you I will. I don't really know why the naked female nipples are so dangerous that they need to be covered at all times or reality crumble. All the hill of milky white, sunburned golden brown, shining black beauty, or whatever comfortable colors of the nursing infant. Hills of warm, juicy flesh, pleasure hot can be uncovered bosom of Emma. But the reddish-brown tipped nipple with the orange-yellow surrounding circle of desire of magical orchids have to be covered, hidden under the command of taboo, or else everything will go wacky into chaos of the likes of Emma. But this death ray can be squelched by the sheerest of fabric. Of course, some dangerous imagination magnified of desire will leak out of sheer spirits. I can travel the thread that has the birth, pleasure hole, the hard satisfaction wand, and the grunt outlet, all taboo, hidden voices passage. If I squint and get tipsy and twisted, perverted blues, emotional problems with eating by mouth of my philosophy... After all shitty form of frustration and sewage pissed flowing green and crimson blackish patches spread on white underwear and all dirty fun smelly and sewage fish terrified beyond imagination magnified everything else painted upon folds of skin. I can travel that perverted blues emotional problems with certain faculties of noise of thunder farts. Even if I love a good shit of all colors and shapes comprised between teeny bopper and heckle and consistency but the beauty but the beautiful warm juicy nipple the source of the mammal milk of life what sort of dangerous imagination ray comes from the source of food and comfort zones of passion hidden behind taboo hidden behind vices passages fester twisted perverted blues emotional problems with breathing impairment fatigue Obnoxious flakes of ice separate us, separated us from ourselves into conflict with certain destruction, massacred of passion. Mm. This is why I look straight up taboo, down blouses, up skirts. Mm. Underwear and bras are damned, storing up this pus of the mammal unknown freedom, hidden parts of our life, including being dirty. They block breathing of hidden parts. Dark depths of hidden bodies melting into juicy nipple are locked up, and nobody asks why. Dark magic of fragmentation is why, for isolating explosion of pent-up frustration smolders in a strange hissing noise of the process of transferring. That's great. That's really great. (laughs) Are, are you a, d, a, a dancer? Yes, yes I am a dancer. I'm a ballet dancer. I studied in Russia where I grew up. She's our ballerina. 
She sprinkles I, I light perform, everywhere. <laughs> we performed together with um, Pollen Land, uh, which Darren put together. And I dance to the performances and also sing. And it's a very multimedia. We like to include a lot of the different um, media of art. So I represent a more like classical like, um, aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, Pollen Pollen Land is a is like a performing arts band. It's like um, it can get very large the the whole the whole show. Sometimes actually sometimes we've had more performers than audience members. That happens to us a lot. Uh. But it's, we're trying to just kind of merge the music with with performance mm -hmm. art, and 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 hopefully get it more people involved and break that barrier between just perf just mm -hmm. seeing mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. a part of it. I actually have a few um, other things I want to give you. I have um, where are they? These are. These are the the performance oh, pieces great. and videos that Yay. I wanted right. you guys to have. That's great. Mm -hmm. Can I P L play that um, them? on my mm. cable television mm. show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hope you like it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> are, are, are you? On V Vimo, Vimo. not Vimeo. yet, not yet. I just, I just started putting up my stuff on YouTube, and now I'm gonna, I'm gonna start putting it on Vimo. YouTube has censored, censored everything Censors. we put up. Really? really, that's partly why we moved to Vimeo because we couldn't keep things up on YouTube. They would take them down. Yeah. And this, hmm. and we've we've run into some censoring on Vimeo, but Frank, they talk to you. You know, they'll talk to you about what the problem is, and they've put everything back up that they've taken down after Frank talked is, to them. Is it the nudity, or what it, do you find is most censored? Mm. On the. S U R on the surface nudity and erotic but mm. not mm. really like on in on on YouTube? No. On YouTube. M. U. Can. 
J. Just. P. You. Put. One. Ten minutes. Mm. Right, ten minute segments. Mm. S. So. We. So we. P. Put. Oh, mm. uh, you're talking about the one like we so we put up um, one performance that was like a 30 minute piece mm -hmm. and like a few it, like mm. a few segments. Right. Um, three parts. It was a three part piece, mm. and um, they only took down the first part, mm. and the first part was Frank mm. um, singing with his mm -hmm. band. And um, were we was he nude? nude? He was yes, yes. But the second and third part involved mm. people dancing erotically mm. and nude, and they they left mm. them up. So mm. obviously they were uncomfortable right. with Frank right. being nude singing. Yeah. You know? mm. Well, it's it's such an interesting mm. place to explore, like mm. you know what you're always exploring, mm. just like. Um, nudity and and disability mm -hmm. and like why that makes us so uncomfortable i don't know like do you it's have an idea why i think i think humans are afraid Wait, sorry that anything is that's too foreign and not experienced already like any new experience is always a little frightening mm -hmm. but frightened i think fr the 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 feeling of fright is mm. actually a very erotic, I feel. Mm. I don't know. The feeling There's, of, I, yeah. Maybe they're scared to they're, be aroused mm. by, yes. by, yes. And the mm. O and the I, N, T, intimacy. That's what we've discovered over mm. the years that it's the intimacy that right. seems to really freak people out we like we had the um we've had during the period when we were touring a lot we would often um, because we couldn't afford to bring all of us with the people that would book us would arrange for local people to be mm -hmm. in the performance and um Typically, they would think, oh, nudity and erotic will get strippers. Right. And the most dramatic um, example, or S-E, sex workers, they, that, mm. and they would be the way, that would be the way they thought, mm. so that would be the pool of people they would tap into. Mm -hmm. In um, Chicago, we had a, um, a stripper. Was she a sex worker, mm. too? Yeah. And like Frank had been talking to her on the phone and to be a part was, of the performance. Yeah, it was all set up well in advance and we were like in other cities like so from New York right before we came to Chicago we were on the phone with her and going over all the details we had this before mm. email we had sent her the poem and mm. all the stuff about it everything's okay and then you know we get together like the day of the show you know and we're supposed mm. to like just kind of go over it she said I can't do it she says, if you wanted me to sit on your lap and have sex with you on the stage, I would have no problem. Mm -hmm. But just sitting on your, mm -hmm. it was like she was, she would be sitting on Frank's lap, both of them naked and just rocking. And, you know, there would be music playing and a poem being read mm -hmm. about all of us being wrapped up together in the magical act of rocking. Wow. 
But it was it's intimate. Yeah, you know, she can't do any of her like it's sex e- moves. Yeah, it's easier to just kind of be hardcore about it right. and just scream as loud right. as you can and right. get fucked as hard as you can right. instead of like slowing down right. and breathing and looking sitting with like, Frank yeah. and just rocking together. That was just too scary. Do you guys allow it to get to that place though of of, of sexual intercourse uh, during the performance at all, or is that something you're not really interested in achieving or whatever? I it happens. Did not you s e use to right for many years? Um, Frank talked in terms of he made up a word called aeroplay e r o p l a y mm-hmm. and um, he defined it as intense physical touching and playing among adults mm-hmm. that um, is not sex. Right. And, um, and he talked about it in terms of as we get older and have the possibility of sex, we lose the mm. ability to just physically mm-hmm. play with right. each other the way children do and that that's a necessary thing in our lives. We have to be able to physically play with so each other. So you're trying to like bring that back. Yes. And for many, many years, that was the, perform- that was mm. the core of the performance. What? Yeah. Um, you know, but I think you should talk about how that changed. But S O S I N since the S O society. G O got M O more U up tight I got more E explicit explicit sexually physically explicit as society got more uptight mm. so you allowed to ha- it, have it more, mm. have it more. Mm. Mm. but no do do you do I what have uh, have have mm. s- had sexual intercourse in the performance yeah oh in the performances uh, no not yet <laughs> 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 this is something we've been talking about Are you serious? yeah i yeah, we were going to do a performance for for what was it for honey. valentines day yeah. for the honey no it was the bag remember we wanted to get into a sack that you could see the form the whole entire form mm. but not exactly the color of the body mm. But and then have sex in a in in a crowd, so you would actually see mm. them see the movement, hear the moaning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was worried that he could uh, stay focused <laughs> 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 under that pressure. <laughs> I <clears throat> that is <clears throat> why. To not have P I P 
pictures. Mm. Why not what? That is mm. why to not have pictures of like what how that's mm. going, wh what it's going to be if you did mm. that. How was that? How is it? Is that what you like mean? Like documentation? No, f like pictures in your head, oh. Expectations, oh. expectations of what it's supposed to be. S. Oh, so if no, so if no, so you uh, don't need to get H A hard to even do it. Yeah, it right. would still look the same, right. but it wouldn't be like I would want to actually do it, you know, it would like the feeling of it. But you could have that level of intensity and intimacy without, without the actual intercourse. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you would just be, you would, that would be what you would be doing together right, with that right. kind of focus. That's true. And in, and no, in that. Mm. In that way, I B E T I bet <laughs> you would get hard <laughs> if you lifted that kind of yeah, expectation. expectation, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the like most of the performances kind of just it happens like that when it actually finally happens the performance it's like there's somewhat of a beginning there's some things that happen during the middle and then normally there's no end and there's like it's just I don't know what happens right. at the end <laughs> there's right, no exit right, normally right, right. and and everything in between is completely like left to, L to whatever it happens a last the last performance what the last performance um everybody was gone for the last like 20 minutes or so of mm -hmm. the performance it was just us doing right. the the last ritual was the you know very sexual erotic ritual with yeah. um frank and erica and i in strobe lights and slides and um and there was supposed to be two of the mm -hmm. audience people um, were playing music, the two teachers, mm -hmm. and then the two sexy, um, the ones in the costumes right. were dancing erotically with each other, and the students left before we even started the ritual. And, um, and in, you know, pretty quickly into it, the, the, all the rest of the people got dressed and left. And, um, but we just completed. We just did the whole ritual. We just kept we going. We just did it. You know, it we did it. And like Corey was like, "Does Frank know nobody's here anymore?" You know, that's what he's thinking. <laughs> Does Frank know? You know, yeah, Frank did know. And he was just gonna. He was gonna complete yeah. it and do it. It wasn't about when people leave, you just stop. Yeah, it's it, a, that's actually amazing yeah. to kind of transform from that to uh, the intimate space of just like the people that you're doing it with. Yes. Yeah. Well, we've done we I've done mm -hmm. I've done some performances out in the desert with like just a, a, a group of people like uh, uh, salt. The, what is it? Uh, the salt and sea. There's a lot of like uh, kind of strange performance going on out there for some reason. 
just like this desolate kind of place with like a lot of tweakers and, and, and just abandoned warehouses and people go out there and just do like live performances. Um, and it was a lot more intimate. It was a lot more real in a way when you're not being, I don't know, when you're not like putting on a show in a way. It's like, there's a balance. There's like, there has to be like a, a balance because it's both. I N E never put on a show. E especially, no, E X except like oh the outrageous beauty review. Mm. Like that what? was the that, that show that we talked about in the the Mabuhe, right, right. except something like that like had this format of of a review but even that yeah, I mean even that it was I mean part of that was part of how it fell apart was the people that were part of this group of 30 that had evolved yeah. um, through relationship counseling Frank was doing relationship counseling in the 70s because he says he's flexible whatever people are into he does <laughs> so in the 70s everybody was into like growth and you know, relationship counseling and stuff. So he became a relationship counselor <laughs> and, you know, could have been wealthy. I mean, he was yeah. like eight hours a day and people wow. were paying big bucks. And, um, you know, but I did, you did not, T, E, tell the Oh, the students about that, right? He didn't. The, all the, those students at the oh, performance. He didn't tell them about his relationship counseling. <laughs> they didn't want to think they're in therapy. <laughs> well, you know that he. I don't know. He just, you know, he, he didn't. I don't know why you didn't tell them. Yeah, because that was you knew kind of what they were doing because you had done it yourself very successfully without right. that whole system. Right. But because that group of people came through that and. And um, they would just do stuff because Frank came up with it. So nobody thought in terms of like we were putting on a show. It was yeah. more like this is what we do every day. We, you know, from all of us like just living and working together over a period of five, six years, things got very intimate. It was like the aeroplay was the model we used. So it was a very physical, mm -hmm. um, intimate yeah. situation. And so dressing up in costumes and, and doing wacky acts was just like, what well, it was just fun. Yeah. So nobody really kind of got that it was like a, a very show, subversive yeah. piece of right. art that nobody else was doing. It seemed they like it's get like that. in and out, kind of just naturally unfolding. It was just like, what like do we do Saturday night? We pack up the cars. Frank gives us a list of what acts we're going to do. There's no rehearsal. Yeah. We put on makeup. We go out. We sing leader of the pack and dress up like <laughs> 50 singers. You know, it's just really goofy stuff. And and so when when it was getting all this attention and people thought it was like a big deal... Like nobody, the people in it didn't experience it that way. It's like we're not doing real theater. We're just like this is what we do on Saturday nights. Right. You know, they didn't even get that. So even so, Frank is saying even though that was the closest we get to putting on a show, yeah. 
Nobody was relating to that. I guess it's it like that. it's it's like I don't it's it's hard for me to like separate the two because mm. I, I I prepare like everything mm. beforehand. Like I prepare like all the the materials and the mm. the points within it. But I don't even think about the concept mm. that much before. It's just kind of like mm. I always relate to my artwork in a way like a, like a kid like. Like, what is attracting me right now? Oh, I like that sparkly glitter thing over there. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to use that, and then I'm going to mm. connect it with that, and I like those together. And that just feels really weird when those go just like that together. And it kind of just, like, forms in that way every piece. So I'm not really, like, dictating exactly what it is because I believe that the art should tell me mm. what it's talking about. I'm just kind of like the paint, you know, the canvas but because that there is those preparation things and there's an audience and I haven't I personally haven't completely broken the boundary the the boundary between the performers and the viewers like they're not merged completely like I want that's that's a goal that I'm like working through so it always kind of feels like I am the muse and your your masses looking at me you know, but they're transforming also by just being there and looking and afterwards, like people are talking and, and there's an energy shift that just happened because of what they just witnessed, mm -hmm. you know. Would, w could, T, O, N, Tony, mm. U, N, D, undress, <laughs> undress you, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> could we undress? No. Could me yeah, he's and Cupcake? If, no, or just, no, he's just asking, me. would it be okay with you if Tony undressed you right now? Well, good. You can, you can, then you can play your song once you're nudie. <laughs> oh. Do you know where the Do bathroom you know? is, Actually, Darren? I have to pee, too. Mikey will show you if you don't know. What? Yeah. What? Do you want to sing the song? Yeah, mm -hmm. why not? Okay. In, in, no, in, no, it, she. Needs to pee. I do. Oh, you need to pee too. Yeah. yeah, we all do. <laughs> we <laughs> all have to pee. I'll go after you. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? You have to pee too? Do you want to pee while everybody <laughs> else is peeing? Is that right? Should we all pee and hold hands? <laughs> <laughs> Only in one bathroom. Wait, do you want to pee? Yeah. Or what do you think? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So would gonna, you get the can? Oh. Can you get the can? Yeah. Should I? Um, yeah, we're just going to let everybody watch our chairs while we're peeing. Put that there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We will be right back. There's so many questions I want to ask him, mm. but I don't want to overburden mm. him because it's... What do you want to do? You? Mm -hmm. 
could see, oh, come. Mm. You could come back mm. another time. Yeah, I'd love to. Mm. Okay. We, we, um, we like to travel and perform. Mm. Yeah. Also, the three of us. What? I, you don't want to pee? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I. Mm. All right. Oh, no, I. Mm. Is that what you're saying that you don't want to? Mm. Yeah, okay. Let me put my mic back on. What? Do I? Well, I can wait too. I'm alright. I always have to pee. But I'm, I don't mind waiting. Mm. Alright, we're back here. We're here. <coughs> Did you get the can? No. no. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, of course I have to pee. I always have to pee. But I could just wait. I don't mind waiting. Everybody hears. I don't mind waiting. <laughs> I'm going to wait. <laughs> Do we have G gestures? Can you? Where are they? You can get them, right? Yeah, yeah they'll go get them. One. Oh, ask one question while we're waiting. You said you had a lot of questions. Mm. Yeah. Use the mic, though. Well, oh. I, I have not seen any of the performances, and I was just one. like, do you perform on a stage, or where do you perform normally? Mm -hmm. D. Depends. Yeah. Like the series that we've been doing for the last couple of years is in a, 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 the Temescal Arts Center, which is also like a dance studio. Okay. So um, we get rid of any chairs and we put um, mats on the floor. Mm. And we, you know, we decorate the space like this with a lot of color and art. Right. And, um, and then we have people sit on the mats and we're, s we're right there and there's like mm. musical instruments set up along the side and right. costumes on the floor and right. um, so there's no audience or we're all just mm. together in this room. Mm. But we, we've also, you know, we've mm. performed many times in spaces mm. with stages. I... Don't like stages. Yeah, I mean, like one time we performed in a place that was like very fancy, and um, Frank. I think we did. Ev we just used the stage, didn't we? He he had them just block off the whole theater, and we did the whole performance on the stage because it was so big, you know. And so we, yeah, he finds ways around the stages. Wow. So most of the performances. Are based on aeroplay, and is that like the goal, kind of like to build this intimacy? Well, or what yeah. would you say? I mean, I think building intimacy is definitely what it's about. Yeah, the forms that it takes has changed and evolved mm. over the years, but right. it's always about intimacy. Right, creating mm. an environment where people feel connected mm. to each other, and see. Oh, M, community, building mm. community. Mm. 
Right. And there's an element of a because I read uncomfortable zones, fun. Mm. So how do you make it uncomfortable? What are good ways of like discomforting people? <laughs> do you F feel now? Do you, how do you feel? How do now? I feel? I feel good. I feel good. You feel good. comfortable? Yeah, I feel comfortable. Yes. I C H A N change the Oh, the title. Mm. That that series started out as reality playings. And it was right. like a once a month series. Mm. But um, what kept happening is that when Frank would be talking to people and about doing things, right. they would say, that's outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And Frank got so tired of hearing about people's comfort zones that he decided to change the title to the right. uncomfortable zones of fun right. to screen people out that only want to stay in their comfort zones. Oh, right, and right. That, it's, that's worked more or less. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we're all back. Should we have a cupcake? We should probably leave the hat on because it's cute. Should I should I make it warmer in here? Maybe I'll make it warm. You want to turn the heat up? Yeah. You could start. She can, yeah, you, could, you should just start. Yeah. You like that, don't you? He likes that shirt you have on. Is that a whole body thing? Yeah. Yeah. He did. He has paint on it because he wore it during a performance piece. Can um, we leave my shoes on? Sure. Is it okay if he leaves his shoes on? Mm -hmm. Sure. I Frank always leaves his shoes on too because he he needs to have them on. Oh yeah, you like that, huh? <laughs> Do. But. F. R. O, N, from, L, A, Los Angeles. What? Uh, wearing that in L.A. Aren't you hot in L.A. wearing that? No, we're in Long Beach. Long Beach yeah. is right by the beach. So it's cool there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want your socks to be late? No, you can take your mm. socks. No, no, leave my socks. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I like 
Undress you. Can you undress me? Do you want? Do you want? Uh, yeah, you could undress <laughs> me. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> right here, then get all messed up. Now we have to undress cupcakes. <laughs> I L L I love your H hat. Yeah, his hat. Yeah, it's a nice hat. <laughs> We're getting down to brass tacks here. I thought it was only a one way, I guess it's a two way street. It might be a three No, would, would you be H E help L Linda undress me Frank? You're asking Tony, is that right? Would you help me undress him? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, 
pull Frank forward and then um, pose the shirt off. Is it 
Not, you know, like, that's my own. What did he say? Well, what you had said before is about, no, okay. A, B, C, C. Is it C? Can. Tony? A, B, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, A, R, A. Translate? What? You just no translate. Oh, oh we have an interview. Um, this, that was in a Russian magazine. Um, that no one has we've never been able to get anybody to translate it for us. Is it written or? It's written. Well, if you email it to me, I could definitely translate it. Okay, but I can't. I can't. I I'll, I would have to ask my uh, father to read it. Okay. I don't read Russian. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. I, wait, wait. oh, wait, yeah, she can translate it. Yeah, she can do it. Okay. Yeah. Is it, it's you in mean Russian? Like, it's in Russian? It's in Russian, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Do you want to do it now? You mean now or yeah. no? We would give it to you. We can send it to you to oh, translate. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. A, B, L, A. Is it A? L M N O A B C D E F G a guy. Oh, it was a it was a, a Russian guy who was in San Francisco and he saw flyers for our San Francisco performance, but it was happening after he was flying back to Russia. So he couldn't come. But he kept thinking about it. So when he got back to Russia we didn't know any of this. He emailed Frank and said that he's a journalist and he writes for this magazine and he wants to do a story on Frank and he told us that story. And so this is the article that he wrote, and but we've never read it. This is like a year but ago. But he came and saw a performance. No, no he, he never didn't. actually he couldn't come. But so what did he write? How did he have the he article? He did an interview with Frank right. by email and then I guess watched a bunch of our videos and cool. you know, stuff yeah. like that. I have a question. Can everybody take their clothes off? <laughs> Can everybody take their clothes off? I'm happy to take my clothes off. <laughs> what? Hey, oh, oh, would you take my clothes off for me? Oh, Even okay. more fun. Even more right. Fun. <laughs> Why should I take them off myself? <laughs> Beautiful creature. <laughs> Do you want your socks on? Oh, I don't care. Okay. I like them. Okay. All right. Plastic ball. Um, A, B, C, D, A. You want the cameraman to take his clothes off? <laughs> cameraman's happy to take his clothes off. You want somebody to take his clothes off Mike for him, right? Who on? should take them off? Darren? Yeah, should Darren. Take Mike his clothes off? <laughs> I was my my father. He uh, he builds. He creates these saunas um, in in uh, like bakery uh, uh, automobiles, like uh, large buses. He makes them into saunas, and uh, because we're Russian and uh, Russian culture has a lot of. Uh, 
like banyas and saunas. It's like just kind of embedded in the culture. Uh -huh. So we would drive these saunas up into like Mount Charleston when we used to live in Vegas and get really hot and then run around and, and roll around in the snow and kind of go back and forth. But it was always like a lot of nudity since I was like growing up. So I've kind of been like, it, um, as an early age, I was exposed to just like being comfortable with nudity. It got a little weird towards the towards as I got older because you know girls then develop like feelings mm -hmm. and sensitivity, and I was fine with it. But then everybody else around us was like, "You guys shouldn't be like naked together, father and daughter, when you know daughter is a certain age." So they even actually tried to evict us from our house oh, <laughs> because no. of it. Yeah. Is this thing? Is this thing still on? Yeah, all that stuff's on top of the Yeah. 
are you? Oh, tell every the viewers what who you are, what your name is. My just my personal name or oh, the all of oh, you guys? Yeah. Well, uh, Pollen Land. Pollen Land. Pollen Land. Pollen Land. Yeah. As a group, we are Pollen Land. Our group's Land. name is Pollen Land. Yeah. Pollen Land. Mm. And you can look it on, on we Facebook. We don't. Know, our music isn't normally so. This is Rank. This is called yeah. Rank. But our, our music, music isn't normally so uh, commercial like this. Why is it commercial?
We have a we have a video that we could send you. Which one? We haven't post we'll, we'll post Oh it yeah. 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 We do document some things. Yeah. I try to document performances. Mm -hmm. Send us all you got. Yeah. But Holland recently took a different direction. Space, mm. we do something once a month. Okay. So we could do it during we have the date set for the whole of 2012. We could Are you doing anything uh, for New Year's? It's um, not specifically for New Year's. Year's. We have we're doing something in January. In around that area? It's what's our January date, no. do you remember? No. It's the first mm. first weekend of January. The first Saturday the first of January. Of January. That's a good that's a good time. We should do it. Mm. Yeah, we would love to. We'd yeah. love to come we'd, out. We, we'd make a road trip out of it with all the band. Mm. It's a lot of performers. <laughs> so there's the, um, but there's the volume. We should talk about that, right? Is there there's a volume, a volume issue? There's a volume issue there. They're having problems with their neighbors. So we do play music, mm. but we don't play really loud. We don't amplify. We can't amplify. Okay. okay. Yeah, so we'd have to figure mm. that out if that works. It's the seventh. Oh, it's the 7th. 7th of January.